and welcome to this bonus episode of the England Rugby Podcast with All Two Inside Line, brought to you by me, AJ Dudu. To celebrate International Women's Day on March the 8th, I'm joined by three Red Voices with over 90 caps between them to get some real insight into what it's like to be a woman at the top of their game. We'll discuss the importance of role models and the people who've had a big impact on them. He's always expected the best out of me, always wanted more out of me, and it was very much him that would drive me. I would sort of pop into a competition and just have fun. He's like, okay, you can have fun, but it's even more fun if you win. As well as some of the challenges of balancing being a young woman and a professional rugby player. Rugby in general, like all shapes, all sizes, right? Mm. And that's what like we need in this team to be yeah. like one of the best teams in the world. It, right? So I think in rugby, like who's to say what is that body that you need? And those unique qualities which makes working with other women a whole lot of fun. Everyone's so competitive, everyone wants to be the best that they can be. Mm. And it's like it's just it just breeds success because everyone is in that same boat and everyone wants to be like that so like it's pretty cool you look around the room and you're like yeah we're with a great group of girls i can't wait to learn more about these powerhouses let's get stuck in welcome to the podcast more hunt sarah mckenna and Shauna Brown. Hello, ladies. Hi, how you doing? It's great to be joined by you, the presence of your being. I mean, I'll rattle through some of your incredible achievements uh, a little bit later on. But more, Talk you're called me. Natasha. I mean, <laughs> what, what's that all about? Yeah, so apparently, like, when I was born, my um, dad held me pretty much as soon as I was born and was like, oh, isn't she a little Mo? Um, and then it just stuck. So, like, <laughs> I've grown up literally my whole life being called um, Mo, not Natasha. Yeah, and that's just the story, really. But now I'm a bit older, I will introduce myself as Natasha because it's a bit posher, isn't it, when you meet a new <laughs> Hello, people? Hello, my name's Natasha. <laughs> yeah. Nice to meet you. She's it gets everyone, <laughs> yeah, it gets everyone. But... <laughs> when you say in it afterwards. Yeah, it's a bit posher, in it. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Sarah, let's start with you. You know, How did you get into rugby and why is it so special to you? I got into it at age six, so went down my uh, local rugby club. And my parents were sort of really intent on, on getting me into a sport of some kind, any kind. Uh, it just happened to be one that loads of boys were playing, but um, didn't didn't bother me at all. And I think it just ticked all the boxes for me at that age. It was quite a boisterous, um, energetic kid. Um, it sort of just had a bit of everything for me. So my dad was coach, so I couldn't get out even if I tried (laughs) well it's great that you weren't intimidated by the boys from such a young age as well you just fancy getting stuck in there yeah like I don't know like back then like I genuinely didn't know the difference between like me and the boys like and and no one did it was only when the parents pointed it out they're like run at the girl or, or something like that but you like it, young kids, they don't know the difference between the two of them until like someone points out this person has long hair, this person doesn't. Mm. But as like in terms of sex, they've got no idea. So I think um, yeah, the kids don't know anything about it, and it's the adults who like are putting like genders on stuff. So yeah. back then, like, I, I don't, I literally didn't even know it was a boy sport. That is incredible. I mean, I was going to say, in that respect, maybe the sooner to get into this sport, the better. But, Shauna, that weren't the case for you. You've only been playing for a few years. Yeah, I've I've only popped in, as I call it. I'm just (laughs) popping until I find something else to do. No, I'm joking. This is is my sport now. But, yeah, I've been playing four years. It's four years now, yeah. So you're 29 now? Yeah. 
So you've only been playing since you were 25. Yeah, good maths. What got quick you into maths. it? <laughs> quick maths. <laughs> quick maths, quick maths. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it was, so doing shot put and discus, it, it's seen as like the big heavy events and we'd normally have rugby players come down in the summer. Mm. So I was aware rugby existed and that was about the extent of my rugby knowledge. Like I didn't, didn't watch it, didn't, didn't come from a rugby fan or anything like that. And my athletics coach, he was also a big rugby fan, used to play rugby when he was younger, but I was never allowed to even have a go at rugby because of the risk of injury, even just little things like my fingers get hurt, then I wouldn't be able to throw, um, just anything got hurt, I wouldn't be able to throw, so it was all about throwing mm. growing up, and um, yeah, then suddenly decided that I was going to give up throwing for a bit, and well, it turned out forever, mm. and uh, yeah, now I'm playing rugby, and so I'm having a great wow. time with it. I thought you was going to say, and then I just decided to risk those fingers anyway. <laughs> no, 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 I wasn't, I wasn't allowed to. Crikey. Um, but actually, just going on into your earlier career, so to speak, I mean, just running through your previous jobs, Shauna, gas engineer, commercial driver. <laughs> diver, diver. Diver, sorry, yeah. not driver. Um, and a, a, train, <laughs> a, a trained firefighter. Yeah. I mean, you you are superwoman. Honestly, did you get bored? And you think that Sean has commitment issues? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Um, yeah, I don't even have a boyfriend. Can't keep one of them. Either. Hey. <laughs> I just get bored easily, and then I think oh, I need to. I need to do something to keep me entertained. Okay, I like that. So, yeah. But you're very much stimulated by rugby at the moment. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, good. I promise I am. I've still got lots to learn, so that that's what keeps that's my drive. Till something else comes along. New things. <laughs> I want to know from you, Mom, maybe, uh, who inspired you to get into rugby in the first place? So it's like probably similar to a lot of the girls' stories, like my granddad. So I'm from like um, Gloucestershire Way, which is huge rugby base. And um, yeah, like I played a little bit when I was younger. Netball was always my main sport, but got a little bit bored of it. And then um, granddad and dad used to take me down to like the local pitch, which was literally on a massive gradient slant. And we used to teach me how to kick and stuff like that. And played a little bit with my sisters at the local club dry work. And it was just, it was just great fun, really. So when netball didn't work out, went back to it and um, haven't really looked back. So we're in this era where we understand the value and the power of women and how it is important for us to all support each other. But how does that work in a competitive professional sport? Oh, it's huge. Like, I think... um especially like for me because I'm a previous um, PE teacher so that's my trade and I think like especially for young kids and young girls and boys to be fair to be able to see these like athletes now taking the field like obviously you can be a professional women's football player cricket player rugby player netball player it's amazing and for youngsters to be able to see this and obviously stay in sport it's got so many amazing values that sort of stuff so to stay in that sport and be able to actually have it as a job like it's epic it's really really cool. So you really do believe that it is possible to be supportive and competitive at the same time oh, yeah 100 i think yeah. i think on most point like growing up we did see like women in sport but it was always an individual sport so you'd see them doing athletics and tennis and stuff like that when you're talking about like women working together we probably didn't see many team sports with women in growing up so i think yeah probably there are elements where we're sort of learning how to do that ourselves and, and what that looks like and trying to pave the way in terms of what that looks like mm. but um but yeah i think you know it's, it's all good fun and 
I suppose like anything got to got to help each other to become better ourselves as well it's tough at times like we're all so emotional do you know what I mean like you you, everything you you're so hard on yourself which is why you get to this level and I think that's like the most important thing you're you're everything you do you scrutinize yourself so you don't necessarily need other people to do it and that's I think why we are so tight as a group because you just pick each other up like you notice stuff because we spend so much time together if you notice if someone's having a bit of an off day and like everyone's got their closer mates and we're all here because we want to be the best in the world we want to be the best at what we do and I think as soon as um people are like falling down that you just pick each other up and it's that's why we're so tight as a unit I think if you like look at some of the stuff that a lot of people try and like compare what we're doing to like men's teams and like most says about that emotional element is that actually like people try and put us in the same mold or think like this program will work for men so it must work for women but actually I think we operate in total like different ways I think sometimes when boys are having a bad day or after a big win like they want to go like get on the booze and and have like a bit of a release that way but I don't think that's probably anyone's port of call here like we probably prefer to watch the game back overanalyze it yeah or or have a cup of tea and cake and a cake yeah. <laughs> but Shauna your method is watching it back and scrutinising oh, yourself yeah if you've had a bad game then you know in yourself and like they've both said it's you you're the one that sees everything you know every mistake you've made you know everything you've done wrong and yet when you do speak to other people I find speaking to other people is better because actually they say but you've done the good stuff here you've done the good stuff there and they, they didn't even notice half of the mistakes that I know that I've made even in terms of personal skills and, and our coaches and people we'll work with you have to have a different skill set men and women are different mm. It's you can't, you can't talk to women in a certain way some people you can just shout at and you'll get the best out of them by just shouting going at them, going at them, going at them. but a lot of women are not you, you can't do it, you know, you go off crying you need to change your method yeah, uh, the camp campaign this year for International Women's Day is each for equal, focusing on the fact that it's the responsibility of everyone to make it a more level playing field. So I'm sure you can shout out men who have inspired you also along the way. You mentioned your dad and your granddad, which is cute, but is, uh, is there anyone else in your life? A big one for me was my athletics coach, John Hillier, and I went with him as an athlete from the age of 13 and he was literally he wasn't even my second dad he was my dad I'd see him more than I saw my own dad sometimes I'd see him more than I saw my mum and I lived with mum and he's always expected the best out of me always wanted more out of me and it was very much him that would drive me I would sort of pop into a competition and just have fun he's like okay you can have fun but it's even more fun if you win like, and it was just that this is the continuous and, and now you've won I want you to win this one and now you've won this one I want you to throw further so now you're just competing against yourself all the time mm. so it was him he was my constant driver to always always want to be better yeah and Sarah you mentioned earlier that you know growing up you didn't actually see that many female team sports what does it feel like now actually do you feel a pressure almost for being those women to pave the way no I don't feel pressure at all I think um we've just got to sort of focus on on what we do and and continue to to strive to be better which we all want to do in ourselves anyway and not just for the sport but you know for the people watching and also I think to show us having fun and, and being like real people at the same time I think that's perhaps something that's that's missed out just to show that you know anyone watching can be like us you know it's not a million miles away so I think it's to show that personality that side of us and also show that we we love what we do mm-hmm. um but also there's that side where we have to work super hard and, and be professionals at the it, end of the day absolutely and and how do you 
you know, express that, I guess, because obviously uh, female sport is coming such a long way, but it still doesn't get the exposure that it does with the male sports. So are you using social media? Do you see that that has a power or is that impacting in any way? Yeah, I think that all of us are on socials, but it's like some of us engage in it a little bit more than others. I'm really rubbish on it. But like some of the girls are pretty good at it, like posting and stuff. I reckon that's an age thing. I think me and Mo are like sort of similar age, I guess you'll know. I'm similar age as well. You are are a bit more active though, aren't you? Yeah, Yeah, try. It's because you hang around with the kids. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I saw Shauna do a boomerang once. There you go. What's a boomerang? But sometimes I'll post things and the younger girls, especially Jess Breach, she'll be like, Shauna, no, take it down now. And I just have to go, okay. And I'll just take it down. And so you need to suggest something to put up instead. She goes, okay, let's do this. And then we'll go out and spend half an hour doing photos and stuff. She's like, oh, now you've got a month worth of photos. That is brilliant. No, I'm loving it. Every time Shauna gets a flat white. Yeah, she's like, okay, put that in. What is that age about? Do you know what I mean? Literally, you go out for food, you've got to post it straight away. I also quite like not putting it on. Do you know what I mean? Then people have to ask me what I've been up to. They can't actually just see what I've been up to and talk to me about it. I love it. I love social media. I think it's got like a really positive impact on, on me personally. Also as well, just like, I treat it as almost like a highlights of my day. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's only like 10 yeah, seconds. Sometimes clips. you're practicing, I've actually had a great day. Exactly. <laughs> so, girls, I've had a great day. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sarah Byrne and you're listening to the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. Available on Apple Podcasts, Acast, Spotify, TuneIn, Deezer and Google Play. So there's a lot of emphasis on empowering women to be more confident and find their voice. Have you ever struggled with that? I think probably we all have. On the back of we're not having role models ourselves, I think mm. we, we sometimes I don't think know where to tread the line in, in terms of how we want to present ourselves and, and, and bits like that. Um, so I think, yeah, like in this probably new age of like social media, then I think everyone probably does doubt themselves, like does doubt probably how they look or how they look at certain pictures and... You know, your cellulite or in that picture that that, that one shot in the game where the photographer gets you and your whole leg like, looks like corned beef. Uh, <laughs> I've never had that. <laughs> but um, no, I think everyone sort of doubts themselves. But I think I'd say as I've got older, like I've just sort of learned not to care so much, yeah, which I, I think, think, I think learning not. Age I mean, learning yeah. not to care is like yeah. probably one of the best thing mm. to, to get out of becoming older. But I think there's so much more body positivity in terms of sort of worldwide and yeah. at the moment especially that people are just a bit like well yeah that is my body and that's what it looks like and that's what a strong woman playing rugby looks like you know there's no defined set ways of what someone powerful strong should look like I think it's got starting to go back the other way so we had normal before social media and you have social media and everything being filtered everything being makeup like but now I think the tables are turning again in terms of people are proud to be natural mm-hmm. people are proud to like the hashtag no filter and just proud to just have a shot that's not quite perfect and actually making an effort to put a shot on your social media that isn't perfect just to remind people that this isn't the real world it's just social media it's so interesting hearing you talk about this because obviously I'm sat before you I think you're all gorgeous really strong powerful women but the fact that you know there are these complexities that just come up into your mind just like anyone else's, I guess. But have you ever found that 
a time where your passions have almost been tested and your focus on rugby has been tested even as a younger woman because say for example with me um I remember doing athletics and I loved athletics at school um and then around you know teenage years secondary school I just wanted to stop doing it because I hated my body looking like athletic I hated having like muscles I was like I want to have this sexy body I don't want to have See, I, feel, I feel yeah it depends on your experience so for me growing up I grew up around all boys as in cousins all my family was all boys so it was very normal for me to keep up with the boys and my sister's 16 years older so I, I ne- we never used to sit and do makeup together even now I couldn't put any makeup on and with the sport bit it's still just the winning like I really enjoy winning so if I have to look like this to win, then I've come to a place where I'm okay with that. And growing up, I did used to get your tomboy, which is fine, but then you'd get he, she or she Hulk and it's a bit, oh, like, smile, it's okay, but it makes you feel rubbish. And then I used to get, are you a girl or boy? All the time, depends how I have my hair. Like I say, mum, can you look at my hair like that this week? Because people keep asking me if I'm a boy and then it'll be, oh, do you want to be a boy? You're a girl, but do you want to be a boy? And oh, no, I'm fine with being a girl. What, you look like a boy? All that kind oh of stuff. Oh my so God. I think eventually I just got over it and just because I was good at sport and so that was that was my escape was being good at it so I love that in your focus end, was always in in the sport yeah. I guess other than your appearance but I mean imagine the audacity for people to say that <laughs> I think that's just kids isn't it like kids can sometimes be brutal and they can sometimes be mean but it's like you say like as long as you can come out the other side of that and stay true to like who you are what you want to do like especially if you're in sport mm-hmm. like stay true to that then you'd look back and you'd be like thanks for those experiences yeah, yeah, because actually sure. like you've probably driven me to be better than I would have been without and I'm sure that people that potentially would have said that would now want to be your best mate yeah. when they're seeing you running out on telly and stuff yeah, yeah. do you feel like there does have to be a, a trade-off with the word feminine in order to be a, a sports player yeah and and then it's like what does feminine mean even in terms of the word feminist what does feminist mean is it somebody who uses their body and people pay to have pictures of your half naked body is that feminist because she's getting paid to do it or are you a feminist because you won't do that or are you a feminist because you look beautiful and wear makeup or are you a feminist because you refuse to wear um, makeup and be beautiful so it's yeah, there's so many a, ways yeah. that the word can be interpreted yeah. for so many people. I would argue that there's not, like, you don't have to be any less feminine to be able to play as well. Like, especially mm. a sport like rugby, like, it's so nice to go take your kit off, to put really nice clothes on, do your makeup, glam yourself up. Do you know what I mean? And some of the girls, when they play, like, their way of expressing themselves, like Vicky Fleetwood, for example, like, she'll always have her lashes done, she'll always fake tan because her way of expressing herself in the kit... It's not fake. Yeah, it's not fake, sorry, it's not fake. Not fake. But her way of expressing herself in the kit and feeling good to play is by, like, dolling herself up, making herself feel, like, million dollars before she goes and takes the pitch. Mm. And I think, like, it's just personal preference. It's how you want to feel, what you're comfortable with, and then going out and doing that. But I think, like, one thing that we haven't touched on is, like, rugby in general. Like, all shapes, all sizes, right? Mm. And that's what, like, we need in this team to be, like, yeah. The, yeah. like one of the best teams in the world. It, yeah. So I think that's... When you're talking about your experience in athletics, you know, perhaps you do have that one type of body that you've got to aspire to to sort of be, you know, good and run fast and, and perform. But I think in rugby, like, who's to say what is that 
body that you need mm. because I think we've got you know two people playing prop who could look completely different or two people on the wing who could look completely different mm. and I think that's where we actually get a lot of empowerment from mm. is that there's no sort of set way to look yet you can be one of the best players in the world and look like completely different to your, your competitor I take a lot of empowerment from that so I think there's no set like rules on, on how we've got to look and we've got no pressure in terms of that and it's great that actually you touched on you know how diverse the sport is and how diverse the, the body types and, and, and the personalities are it's, it's wonderful to hear even in a professional field how do you balance other priorities with being in a professional team badly <laughs> be honest badly be honest really badly <laughs> Is it stressful? Yeah. yeah. I, feel like you've I think um, that's just part of it, isn't it? So we've come, I'm super lucky. I've been full-time now since 2014. So I used to be a PE teacher as well as being basically a professional rugby player. But you just came into camps. Like one year, I think it was 2013, I literally would work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, drive down to London on the Saturday. Then we'd train Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I'd drive back up to Stafford to work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And because I was obviously working, all of my marking, planning, everything like that had to be done so like it was just ridiculous so busy so I think from those experiences you get like really used to being able to time manage like making sure that you're on it with everything like you have to be because otherwise you just don't survive but it's tough isn't it like yeah, when you're yeah, yeah. when yeah. you're doing both so I mean for me it's all it's all time management and it's preparing to leave your house at, at half seven and not get home till half ten at night and the clothes changes and the food and Honestly. all the bits in between like you, just, you just get used to it and you think oh but it just get used to it it's yeah. just what it is get home half 10 maybe be in bed by half 11 do the same again the next day but it's because that's what we want to do and it was in a time where you didn't get paid to do it so you had to want to do it you had to enjoy it and you had to love it yeah. and so you just you just do it I think but, at the same time like we will never take what we do for granted for those reasons whereas I think yeah. perhaps there could be a danger of the girls coming in and then having a contract which is amazing and totally where the sport needs to go but also I think we're probably like quite grateful that we've yeah. sort of it's seen that side of things yeah. and that we can sort of realise the position that we're in because yeah. then if you look at where the men are at they have a lot of issues with they've only ever played rugby left school might have gone to university but then they've only played rugby and so their life after rugby like me Mo McKenna sorted after rugby I could literally sorted. I, say sorted. <laughs> <laughs> I could literally have something you really got free jobs you can go back to yeah. I got something go really bad a driver could be a firefighter I'm fine <laughs> Oh yeah, I could have something really bad happen to me tomorrow and I know Monday morning I'd, I'd still be in a job. It's not, like, so I count myself lucky in terms of that. <laughs> they want me. <laughs> even, even, way, even way I'm good. <laughs> Hi, I'm Emily Scarrett and you're listening to the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. So the power of female friendships is golden. It's wonderful seeing you all here. You've obviously got a really strong bond. So how are they unique and extremely helpful when navigating your way through life? And how is this exemplified in rugby and the team environment? For me, it's the it's the putting your body on the line for someone else. You could just play rugby with someone uh, like two, three times a week. And you think, oh, yeah, like them, my mate. Yeah, I'd, I'd do anything for them. But then even just spending that time outside of rugby, away from training, in normal clothes... And then you realise, actually, she's like she's a diamond. And I now, I want to play even more for her. What's it like being surrounded by so many other driven and hard-working women? 
It's amazing. So it's, to be yeah, fair. it's just so much positive. It, like it's class. Like there's a lot of positivity. Everyone, like you said, is so driven. Like everyone's so competitive. Everyone wants to be the best that they can be. Mm. And it's like it's just it just breeds success because everyone is in that same boat and everyone wants to be like that. So. Like, it's pretty cool. You look around the room and you're like, yeah, we're with a great group of girls. Wow. So I really want to know them because, you know... Do you want to play? The schedule, <laughs> the schedule sounds mad. The schedule is crazy. Yeah. Um, your bond within the team is strong. How does rugby and dating work? I need to know about love lives. Like, I mean, it's currently, Valen- currently Valentine's Day. <laughs> and we're on camp. <laughs> and we're here right now. Should I do- I'll give you an example. So Skaz turned 30 last weekend. And um, Valentine's Day night, obviously, we we're all in camp, so not seeing anyone. And then I think there's like eight of us, all rugby girls, that are meeting up later to spend the birthday with her, just to celebrate for her. So it's like, it's stuff like that. Like, you just... Yeah, <laughs> Galentines, love it. <laughs> but yeah, like, you just want to be around the girls. Like, you you never really have enough, do you? Everyone's so class. Like, they're such a good group of people that you want to spend time with them and you kind of look out for each other. And some of the girls in the team are now, like, your best mates and it's class. So do partners really just not get a look in? Like, is everyone... Just got to understand, it's Like, it? first and foremost, like, schedule does come first. Like, unfortunately, we're, like, totally at mercy I suppose the schedule so you've got to be pretty like pretty so the under- timetable is always yeah. chopping and changing so like they have to be like so understanding and you can't sort of ever be like this is set in stone so we could like have a holiday planned but you could get injured and have to go into surgery like the following week so that that holiday's gone so I think everything's got to be sort of yeah. pretty flexible pretty much just understanding I think you hit the nail on the head like whoever you're with or whoever the girls are with it's like they've got to be understanding they've got to get what nobody really gets it unless you're in it I think that's the hardest thing is like you never really understand like the emotions or the scheduling or the time away or anything like that until you're kind of in it and it's the most difficult thing I don't know if you guys agree but it's the most difficult thing to try and explain to someone it's the same with like friendships as well though like I've had to pull out of like a wedding like two, two days beforehand and stuff like that so it's not just like romantic relationships that suffer it's like friendships that suffer as well Wow. It's great. I love. love <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. Like you wouldn't so change it because away. of everything else that comes with yeah. it. Yeah. So there's a lot of sacrifices right now. Choices. Choices. Yeah. Got even, even someone like that, to be fair. Someone like Vicky Cornbrush, she's getting married this year now, but she literally had to go to. The, the top dogs in Yarrafu and said when can I get married like ask them for a date she was given two choices and she's like right that's it <laughs> <laughs> that's what she's getting make married. the venue, venue fit for that okay well just keep it casual for now just keep it in it's fine you've got plenty of time um, do you have any practical tools or advice or any anything that keeps you motivated do you listen to podcasts music Mo loves to felt <laughs> what? you love an art- <laughs> <laughs> McKenna's got this new craft thing which is called felting F-E-L-T-I-N-G yeah where it's like basically a little needle you, well you do it it's yeah, your thing we've got a craft we've got a bit of a craft we've got a craft going on. it's great for mindfulness um, isn't it yeah to be yeah. fair we made it's a in the its infancy stages, but it's going to become a regular thing. Well, do you know what, Sarah? If you're into that, then I think you'd actually love cross stitching, which I used to do back in the day. Do you like yeah. that? Um, I did it back in the day. But <laughs> okay, it's not not it's closed door by any means. <laughs> like what you're saying now. <laughs> it was rubbish. No, no we did. Okay. We made uh, Christmas wreaths. Uh, yeah, me and yeah, Sean did. Wreath making day. It was really nice. So I like doing. I like doing creative things. Wow. What do you guys like doing? 
playing games. Game. Monopoly deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. Games. <laughs> Monopoly deal has changed my life. Monopoly. <laughs> no, it's Monopoly like a card deal. game. It's a card game. If you don't know, get to know. It's so <laughs> it good. Change your life. It's so good. <laughs> Anytime you've got a spare two minutes, you go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a card game, and it's it's a better version of Monopoly. And all these things like with like a coffee. Like just there or a cup of tea, and then get a picture like for everyone. Instagram. Everyone's super happy, and then get your Instagram picture. Yeah. Take a picture of it, make sure everyone knows <laughs> you did it. I love that. No, that's good. I was, I was like, I was ready to hear a playlist, and you're like, just cards and crafts. I think that cards, coffee, genuinely going out for coffee, favorite pastime. I think the thing is, is, like, we are restricted on um on some of the stuff we like can do like we can't go like out and go, out go all those on, like, a, yeah, we, hike we, somewhere we do go out quite they a bit. always do escape rooms when yeah we but camp. like you're not going to do like yeah. adventure sports can't go trampolining okay no. i got you <laughs> and then like when we're in camp like we've got like really important things coming out so you have to do things that like keeps you relatively off feet um sort of keeps you like and you're in a hotel so you want to sort of be around people you don't want to be on your on your own in the room so like doing like card games or crafting like it. <laughs> it's great yeah. and it's super like innocent yeah. good time fun it's <laughs> like going back like six years and you can li- like yeah. leave your phone in your room yeah. and you're just like oh it's just in my room with them playing cards oh but chickadee goody too gone back to like Victorian times <laughs> we'll do the outcuts in a minute and yeah. we'll tell you the real answer <laughs> Wild. Well, <laughs> ladies, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. And long may your success continue. It's brilliant watching you grow and seeing your success from afar. So, pound the back to you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. We really hope you enjoyed this special bonus episode of the podcast. Do remember to leave a review if you did. And get behind the Red Roses in the last two matches of this year's Women's Six Nations. And you can still get tickets to watch them live. Just head to englandrugby.com forward slash tickets. It's been an absolute pleasure hosting the podcast today. Thanks for listening. And I hope to catch you again soon. For now, though, uh, thank you for coming. Mohan, Sarah McKenna and Shona Brown.